What if I told you that you were about to listen to another wrestling podcast? No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 This is the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Join us as we discuss the ins and outs and everything you need to know in the world of professional wrestling. From the independent scene to NXT, all the way to the main events of the WWE. Our thoughts, our perspectives, and our predictions on the biggest topics and breaking news in all of pro wrestling. If it's happening, we're talking about it. Shut the hell up! This is the not another wrestling podcast here are your hosts sean mcchesney and cj palmasano all right let's get to it episode number four. Oh, it's a big one episode number four of the not Another wrestling podcast. Sean McChesney. CJ Palmasano. Finally got that down perfectly. Yes, we did. So we got a lot to get to today in regards to the world of professional wrestling. A lot of outside WWE stuff we're going to get to right away. Of course, want to recap Raw and SmackDown later as well. A lot of storylines leading up into Hell in a Cell in two weeks. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about Jeff and Randy getting Hell in a Cell. We'll talk about the gimmick itself in the pay-per-view. Ignore the lawnmower outside. It ain't my house, so... (laughs) Um, yeah, so, shut up, Sean's neighbors. Yeah, so we'll talk about all of that and more, but as you or mentioned, Sean's CJ, landscaper. it's not my landscaper, I'll tell you that right now. We do our own lawn. Uh, <laughs> so let's start with All In, which, yes. and it's amazing, and I kind of wanted to lead off with this, CJ. I heard a report maybe a few days before All In mm-hmm. of uh, Vince McMahon being angry that Cody and the Young Bucks didn't call him for advice about promoting their own show. No, this is absolutely true. And it's, it's September And September's the worst time to promote, and they're going to fail, and this and that. Well, 11,000 plus in the Sears Center, record pay-per-view buys, and all around a very successful show. Extremely successful. So, so I'm an avid listener of Jericho's podcast, especially when he has wrestlers or musicians or just people I'm big fans of on his podcast. And this was when we recorded uh, after the Dominion show uh, for New Japan, the night when Kenny won the, the, the world title and the Bucks won the heavyweight tag titles. Mm-hmm. It was the Bucks and Cody talking to Jericho about the planning for All In. And um, Jericho said they actually called Vince and he told him when All In was going to take place. And apparently Jericho, uh, the, the words from Vince to Jericho was, oh, I, September's the worst time to book. Uh, I, I, I wish they could have would have called me. It's, it's, it's not a good time. Like, it's, he's just saying it's not a good time to promote. Right. So, it, and then the Bucks and Cody are, are messing around. Like, it's like, you know, Jericho's like, yeah, Nick Jack, uh, Mac Jackson here, the Young Bucks. And Cody's like, hey, Cody, it's Vince. I got the Young Bucks on the phone. Need some help about promoting in the fall? Yeah, really? It's a very good episode for anybody it, who wants it, to listen to it. And it is. It. And it just the, the moral of that story was the irony that played out. It was yeah. very successful. Even the week leading up to it with StarCast Podcast Row busted open there on Friday. It almost felt, CJ, like a WrestleMania-type feel. It was a special it re- occasion. This, this to me and a lot of people have been saying it's like the independence wrestlemania weekend yes that's how amazing this entire uh 
show and experience. We can't speak because we were not in Chicago that weekend, but I can only imagine for people who were there for StarCast, who were there for the show in Chicago, just how amazing it must have felt because this felt like a big deal. It was treated like a big deal. And watching the show, the production value was WWE levels. Oh, it was off the charts. It was amazing. And and really, you know, and just watching it as well, you knew, like, because uh, going into it, obviously, the whole story of can we sell out a 10,000-seat arena? Well, they got 11,000 in there. Plus, Cody and the Young Bucks produced the entire show and did it very well. There were really, you know, besides a few hiccups here and there, and obviously they're not experts, they yeah, did very well with it. For the first time, like, I was watching it on Fight TV uh, live, and there were some streaming issues. Um... I think that might have been just Fight TV itself. I yeah. never actually watched anything it on Fight TV before live. It might have been the fact that the whole world was watching. That's true. A lot, a lot, of, a lot of people were watching the review. But, you know, th this has to be a very important mark, uh, uh, just moment in wrestling history. I agree. Uh, I know, uh, I don't remember whose podcast it was. It might have been Sam Roberts. He had Dave LaGreca on for their State of Wrestling. And he was saying how important how historic this is like the first mania was historic the first all-in is historic yep and there's already speculation of all right what did they do next is there an all-in two where is all-in two gonna be madison square garden but like where <laughs> are we gonna have this thing um but you know just going into the event itself and we'll get to the matches in a second and i was just saying to you you're right. It was like an independent WrestleMania, you know, and who knows, the G1 Supercard may pass that. It might be sort of the same thing, but at the same time, it's, two, it's two companies coming together to put on a show in something that hasn't happened before. This was for everyone. This was for Impact. This was for Ring of Honor. This was for New Japan. This was for any independent wrestling organization that wanted to be a part of this. Cody and the Young Bucks were listening. They brought anybody in that they could next to WWE stars. And, well, Chris Jericho, if you want to call it that yeah and they did not miss a beat all night long and it was a long show and they did not miss a beat all night no they did not it, it was just uh and you're just saying like wb stars if you think about it you didn't have some former WWE former stars. yes you had billy gunn in there you right. had a uh, bully ray um former writer jimmy jacobs yep. <laughs> was in the battle royal um, just e even the fun match like that, like the, the the over the budget battle royal was great. Ended up being Flip Gordon at the end, winning the match altogether. I was hoping it was gonna be Flip Gordon, right? And you know, and we'll get into some matches now as well. The one I wanted to start with was Cody and Nick Aldis for the NWA World Heavyweight Title. And what was interesting about this match, CJ, I wouldn't call it my favorite match on the card, but I would definitely call it the most emotional match of the card. Absolutely, it was the it was the one that felt the most important. Yes. I remember when this first happened, some people were speculating, like, that's going to be Cody's match at All In, but they built up the story very well leading up on Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor Television. Uh, you know, uh, just, it was amazing because Cody won the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship 39 years to the day his father won the title. For the first time. And you could see the emotion in his face and just... He, you have to tip your hat off to Cody, and I'm sure, like, you know, people who, like, is in his family and his wife and his friends just must be so proud of him, of all the, all the things this guy has done. Not only has this guy just had an amazing independent wrestling career after he's left WWE, not only did he join the biggest faction, biggest non-WWE wrestling faction in the world, but he won championship 
his father wore so proudly years three ago. times three times so so, year, so many years ago and he produced and put to help put together an amazing historic historic show what the funny thing about um the finish in the match was it was number one unexpected number two no, waiting for the that. music to play until the announcement was made perfect let the crowd react let cody react let his wife react get the reaction of nick all this the fact that he just lost the heavyweight title after a 250 day plus reign of being mm. the champion so when you look at it from that perspective, CJ, I think they really hit the ball rolling with this one. Again, it wasn't my favorite match of the night. It was a great match. Don't get me wrong. Uh, it was a lot of it had to do with Nick Aldis dominating the entire time. You got a DDP run in at one point, which you got a made diamond the cutter with the diamond cutter made the place go crazy. The roll up at the or the small packet, whatever you want to call it. At the end, Cody wins the championship. Crowd went absolutely crazy. And then, of course, the announcement, your winner and new NWA World Heavyweight Champion, the American Nightmare Cody. Cue the music. Place went crazy. It was perfect. It was great. And if you don't have the hairs on your body sticking up, knowing the history of the NWA Championship, knowing how proud Dusty was to be the champion, and knowing how bad Cody wanted to cement his own legacy next to his father of being the NWA Champion, it was a very emotional match, a very emotional moment at All In. Absolutely. And even discredit uh, not discrediting but you just take away for a second all the things that Cody has done in the past number of years since leaving WWE you forget that he's Dusty Rhodes son sometimes yeah absolutely you forget that he's the son of this legend of the wrestling business way back in the day yeah that's how well he has submitted his legacy and the guy is only in his early 30s I think he's 33 going on 33 I think so. he's young as hell He's got his whole career, yeah. he's got his whole career ahead of him. So, him and the Bucks have created something special. Yep. They know they have created something special, and we've said this on a previous episode that you know they're uh, them and Omega and their, their contracts are up after after January. Uh, so we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, I'll tell you what's going to happen. And I was talking with somebody yesterday and debating about it. After All In, they have to resign. They cannot go to WWE after this. I think the Bucks and Cody will stick around, but I think Kenny still might go. There's a chance of that, but also I think the fact that they put on such such a successful show. I'm not saying they won't ever go there, but no, I'm definitely no, no. saying they would be. They're going to be at that show in the Garden mm -hmm. in April. I think they will at least resign one more time. I mean, I think Kenny resigns one more time uh, before any WWE offers come in. I definitely think Kenny signs another one year deal, and that might be it. Hey, if 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 AJ Styles can go to WWE. In his late 30s, early 40s, these guys can wait. Of course. Nick Jackson's only 28. And Kenny's what, 36, 37? Younger, I think he's 34. 34, right. So he's got time. Um, and so do the Young Bucks, obviously. And Cody, obviously, will always have a way back in WWE whenever he wants to go back. They'll let him come back. Yeah. Um, but after All In, I don't think there's a rush. I think the... And even the promo that Cody cut at the end of the night, like, this was for all of you. Mm -hmm. Nobody's going to dominate us. Nobody can touch us. We are professional wrestling. I think after that, CJ... It, there will be a WWE return for Cody at some point. It mm -hmm. will not be after January. No, I don't think so at this point. But uh, I think moving on to another great match, one of my favorite matches of the entire night, Pentagon Jr. That was an awesome Kenny Omega. That was an awesome match, and uh, just you know watching it a couple of times back and forth, just 
the chemistry that they had, number one, I believe it was the first time they ever faced yes, off. It was. So first time they ever faced off. Also, wasn't crazy with Kenny not coming out with the championship. That I might, was a little confused by that. It could have been rights issues and all that stuff. They might not have let him come out with the championship, but who knows? Who knows? Uh, that could have been on New Japan. It might not necessarily been on All In. But anyway, because it, it also what happened with the uh, Impact Women's Champion. She didn't come out with her belt either. So. Well, well, Tessa Blanchard, uh, she had just won the championship, and they taped their episodes. So that may be the reason why she did not walk out with the championship. Because well, I think Ian Shabani uh, said... Then he might have jumped you know, the gun then on the taping. Possibly. Uh, but there's the thing is, those spoilers come out anyway. I, You're right. But, but that's it, that's a thing too, yeah, and, it, and that's another reason that I was thinking. I'm like, wait, does Kenny not have the championship anymore? Like, is there a taped episode coming up? But I, and then no, eventually, that stuff's you, not taped, right? And then you, but that's a thing. Like, you never know. Um, Impact but, is taped for sure. Yeah, yeah. obviously, they're going to be taped for a long time. But the point is, um, whether he jumped the gun or not on that, you never know. There also could have been rights issues with the companies. You know, almost like you know, you're lucky we're letting you go over and doing this at all. Um, and I don't think they have an issue with him going over and doing other shows he's done pwg with the bucks he's done ring of honor even though they're a partner company with new japan right i think it may have just been who knows maybe he just forgot it or they're just like um we don't want the that title i don't know it, it could have been a lot of things to it and because aj used to wrestle independent shows all the time as the iwgp heavyweight champion. right so he could have just forgotten it or something it, and it also could have been new japan saying hey listen we don't want you to have the belt over there you know and it's like all right whatever i'm lucky i'm get to go over there at all so regardless of that great match back and forth chemistry and for a first time ever match great chemistry the ending when the lights went out and, and the commentary they nailed it with chris jericho attacking did you think it was Kenny gonna be Lander. cm punk when lights turned off no not really only because um because um Jay Lethal and Flip Gordon was before that match. Am I correct? I don't remember. It might have been before. I think it was. Or if it was I think it was right the match there. before, and Cole Cabana came out to help them when Bully Ray came out. So I didn't think yeah. they were going to have both of them on the same show. So no, I didn't. I did not expect it to be Chris Jericho. But when Chris Jericho started attacking him, commentary was brilliant. They were like, "Look at his left arm." And then you hear, yeah. "There's no way." <laughs> and then he takes off the mask after the code breaker. So even. The idea, and if you're watching it live, you're probably thinking move set looks familiar because in this in this uh, in the Sears Center, you probably have no idea what's going on, but you have an idea of who's under the mask. Watching it live, like on Fight TV, you knew immediately what was going on, course, and it was, that was perfect. That was Jericho. Well, another thing is like Jericho's tattoos on his on his arm. Pentagon has tattoos on both his arms. Yes. So immediately I knew I'm like, okay, that's not Pentagon. That's 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 Jericho. It's too tall to be Pentagon. <laughs> it's. It's not Pentagon, and it's not Punk either. And then you you notice the one tattoo because it was the first tattoo I believe he ever had on his arm. Mm -hmm. That very similar tattoo, you're like, that's Chris Jericho. And then he takes the mask off. And again, another brilliant way of reinventing himself, promoting the cruise, which we know has to happen at some point. He's got to start promoting big time. So don't be surprised to see Chris Jericho on Ring of Honor soon. Impact everywhere. Um, he's going to do everything that it takes to get this cruise promoted as best as he possibly can. Mm-hmm. And showing up at All In and assaulting Kenny Omega again was a perfect way to start it. Alpha versus Omega 2. Is that confirmed for the cruise? Jericho put something up on his Instagram uh, the other day. It said Alpha, it was like a graphic Alpha or Omega 2 on the cruise. Okay, well then there you have it. How are they going to... And that's another thing, and, and I've always wondered this, and I'm sure they have their ways of doing this, but they're going to be out to sea. How are they going to film this? <laughs> How yeah. are they going to air this? Maybe they're not airing it. I don't think that's. I think that's a big thing is that they're not going to air this 
because Jericho said the only way you can see it is on the Jericho cruise. Ah. I don't think he's getting any television production because with All In was a different story. It was becoming such a big deal that they, you know, Cody and the Bucks were just like, you know, kind of have to make this a television uh, program. Because at first you didn't know how exactly All In was going to air either. No, it, it, there was speculation. It almost went on TV altogether. It, it, speculation that wasn't going to be aired at all. But I think a big reason why Jericho's getting all these big matches is because he doesn't want to just be like, oh, well, if I don't go on the cruise, um, I, you know, I won't see this. So, oh, I can just catch it. I think that's a big reason why he wants people to go on the cruise because you're not going to see this on TV. Right. So, and, and you know what? And that's another genius move on Jericho. It's a way to make money off this. It's a way to get people not only to come see the event, but you know what? To have a good time. You're going to the Bahamas and Miami. What could be better? And you get to watch professional wrestling in the process. So, I wish I could go. It's too much money. Yeah, it's um, way too much. You're lucky we got to go to TakeOver. Anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought Pentagon and Omega hit it right out of the park and really I thought every match and again I wasn't necessarily crazy about the order I always thought Cody and Nick Aldis was going to be the main event I, I was, think a lot of people I think that. a lot of people thought that because at the end of the day Cody and the Young Bucks yes it was their show I always thought it was more Cody's show than the Young Bucks um but it didn't make sense with the whole that he was the number one producer. Maybe he wanted to go on early and get it over with, which makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and then overlook the entire show. Because I don't know if you saw the video backstage of Cody producing the Jericho spot. And it was, that was perfect. On, that was on Hot Topic's uh, yeah. Twitter page. You see Cody in the chair and Nick Jackson standing up. And he and he's love. You can see Nick loving what he's doing. Uh, maybe yeah. it might have been Matt filming the from the phone. Right. Or, you can hear wherever. Cody going, "Stay there, stay there, stay there." Uh, take two, like all that stuff. Like you hear the whole thing, and it was it was perfect. It was it was great directing by him. So maybe he wanted uh, to. He wanted to direct that. that he wanted to himself. direct as much of the show as possible, probably without worrying about his own match coming up. That's probably why he went on fourth, and it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, because if I was like an executive producer and I have a big match as well, I don't want to be worrying about that the entire night. I want to get it out of the way. I'm actually surprised Cody didn't put himself on first for that one regard, but eh, you don't have to put him on first. That would have made the crowd go nuts. Like your opening contest is for the NWA title. What? <laughs> <laughs> and another thing, and I didn't mean to go back to Cody and Nick Aldis, but the UFC type entrances were crazy. That was cool. Those I, were awesome. I loved Cody's and Pharaoh because he had exactly he had Pharaoh. And uh, I was when I was watching it, I, I'm loving loving the show. My girlfriend's there, kind of just like kind of paying attention, but kind of not. My sister is not paying attention at all. And I'm you like, see that? I'm not surprised about. Yeah, and then I go. Hey Rachel, look, there's a dog. Like, oh, puppy! See, everybody is always loving the puppies, always. Yeah. And then Nick Aldis coming out with Jeff Jarrett, somebody who's always supported Nick Aldis or Magnus, whatever you want to call him, his yeah, entire career. That made sense. Um, and then the match was great. But then Pentagon and Kenny Omega, I thought probably one of the best matches of the night, maybe the best match of the night. Arguably, arguably one of the best matches. I mean, you have the, the arguably the best wrestler in the world in that match. Um, I uh, I was familiar with Pentagon for a long time. I'd seen some of his stuff. I'd never actually seen a full match, and I was just like, "Oh, I'm I'm, I'm a fan of this guy. Right. I like him. He's really, really friggin' good." I thought uh, Flip Gordon and Jay Lethal had a great match, and, and for something that was planned the night of as well. That because, was I thought it was a little strange that Lethal brought out the, the Black Machismo. That character. was strange. It was entertaining though, especially when especially calling, when Brandy hit him and he was, he was like call, he went back to life. He was calling Brandy Liz. Yes, <laughs> I'm like just like I'm not Liz. I'm not Liz. 
<laughs> oh, poor Brandy. Uh, but anyway, I thought their match had good storytelling as well. And for something that was planned that night as well, because it was the over-the-top battle royal, and the winner was going to get the Ring of Honor world title shot. Yeah. And again, another great match. I didn't think the crowd was into it that much, but that was probably because there was so much of the show left. They were probably saving themselves for it because they knew yeah. Omega was coming up. They knew the Young Bucks were going to main event. You know you had Okada and You knew you had Skrull. Okada coming up, which was another great match as well. So you were probably saving yourself. And not that they didn't appreciate what Jay Lethal and Flip Gordon were doing in the ring. It was just, all right, we understand this is a, almost a five-hour show. We, you know... It's kind of like, see, it was like SummerSlam, but a lot more entertaining. So it was about four hours. About four hours, yes. Um, so you definitely wanted to, I guess, save yourself, as I said, towards the end. Because, mm -hmm. again, you had Okada coming up. You had Omega up next. You had the Young Bucks in the main event. That was when you were going to get a lot of the big pops and, the, you know, the all-in chants and all of that. So I just got to say about Flip Gordon is that after this match, um, he's definitely going to be like the... He's he's for sure gonna win the the ROH World Title someday. Yeah, and I think he's gonna be like the guy for Ring of Honor. It's really just a matter of when at this point now. I mean, the Bucks and the, being the elite has helped him so much. Yeah, uh, the, the whole you know book flip storyline. You know, he finally got there. Uh, not much I can say about this match other than it was fun and entertaining. I I really want to get into like like Okada and Marty's because that I think yeah. Scarlett why don't you Okada, why don't you start there? Marty Skrull and, and Okada might have been my favorite match of the entire night. Um, there's a reason why Okada's the rainmaker. The reason there's a reason why this guy was the world champion for so for, for longest reigning, for longest reigning uh, in one single reign, and overall he he's the longest reigning IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. Overall, not just the last historic reign he had, but like in every one combined, right. he's the most uh, longest reigning. There's a reason why this guy is so good, and it proved. This is a great story of Marty having to overcome just being a junior heavyweight, that he can that he can hang with the heavyweight guys, and that um, in being the elite, you know, like he kept going to everybody for advice, and they just saying, well, you know, you're screwed. Yeah. Like that's, <laughs> that's putting it lightly. You're screwed. You're, you're, you're screwed. There's no way you're going to beat Okada. And one of my favorite moments in the match was when Okada was getting Marty ready for the Rainmaker, and the camera he just goes two oh five with his yes. fingers, and then Marty, I think he hit his own, uh, I, I know he did his own Rainmaker in the in the match, and my God, people were loving Marty's girl. I think just think this match was probably the best one. It it just goes to show that why Okada is as good. As he is, he can make or, anybody in the ring look fantastic. And not saying can. that Marty's not good in the ring. No, but it's like you and put here, the two and together. And here's the thing: like Okada's not even like he doesn't even do anything so flashy and fancy. He's just solid. He's and he's just so good. Uh, it's just amazing what this guy can do. Uh, I was it's weird. It was weird seeing him with pants with extra with tights or whatever he was wearing because he usually just wears like like trunks, uh, but. Uh, yeah, this match was for sure my favorite match on the entire card. Yeah. It shows that Marty Skrull can hang, and Marty Skrull is a big deal, and why Okada is still a big deal. And he will continue to be a big deal. Now to the question to you, and I would like to ask you this, does Okada get the world title back at some point? Yeah, he'll get the world title back at some point. I just don't think he's going to get it back anytime soon. I yeah. think Omega's going to hold on to the title for a while. You think Omega made events the uh, G1 Supercard with it? No, I don't know. That's, that's very... I, I honestly think after Wrestle Kingdom, I think Kenny's done. 
I yeah. I think he again, I think out of everybody in the in those bullet club contracts that are gonna be up, I think Kenny is the one guy who is going to leave and go to WWE. Well didn't they say their next decision they will make together as a family? As that, in the Bucks, that, Cody and Kenny? And apparently Hangman too. And Hangman as well. Apparently Hangman's page's contract is gonna be up too. I think uh you know, there there's only you can only hold out on going for so long. Before it's too late. Before it's too late. Um I just just uh I feel like Omega has done everything that he's wanted to do before leaving New Japan. He right. he won the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. He got the team with Kota Ibushi again. He was he's gonna be main event he made event Wrestle Kingdom once already. He's gonna do it again he's most gonna, likely. He's gonna, no, for sure. He's he's gonna be main eventing as the champion. Right. He's gonna be the first foreign guy to main event Wrestle Kingdom as IWGP World Heavyweight Champion as the champion going in. He's done two things in Wrestle Kingdom's history, New Japan's history, that no one else has done before. I don't know what else the guy can do in the company in New Japan. Right. Then just go to WWE. Because you know if, if Kenny calls Triple H one day and say, all right, my contract's up, I want to jump over, it's going to happen. It's a matter of really, is Kenny going to start in NXT or is he going to pull an AJ Styles and go right back up? It doesn't matter each way because Kenny, he's... Kenny's a main roster guy. He's a main roster guy. He would only go to NXT for storyline purposes, uh, especially Maybe. if Adam Cole is still down there. So, Maybe, um, yeah. So we'll wrap up all in with this. And I think at the same time, it's like you think about the show itself and the Young Bucks match was very good as well. You know, you look at the whole card start to finish amazing. What do they do next? And Cody Rhodes tweeted it the other day. You liked my comment. Mm -hmm. What do they do next? You said all into Madison Square Garden. Uh, one thing, uh, one thing though, I wish the main event could have been a little longer. I think that was, that was due to uh, timing. Yeah. They actually had to beg the uh, pay-per-view company or Fight TV or whoever to get a one-minute extension to get uh, to hear the Bucks music play and to get a shot of the Bucks and Ibushi winning because unfortunately that, that, that promo with all the was off air was off air and it was only for the crowd in Chicago sucks for the people at home really cool for the people in the arena right um, that match was uh, fun uh, just crazy spots another guy like Ray Phoenix that guy is the is the next Ray Mysterio. Yeah, I don't WWE have been trying to find the answer to that for years. If I'm Triple H, well, it's not Sin Cara. No, it's not Sin Cara, and it's definitely not Kalisto. It could have been Kalisto, but you really messed that up. Um, if I'm Triple H, I'm like Ray Phoenix. Yeah, is the is the guy. Speaking of that, I don't know if you saw it, but there's uh, did you see Brie Bella doing all the botches on Raw the other day? No, there, no. There's a meme that. of Nikki Bella and Brie Bella next to each other, but Brie Bella's got the Sin Cara mask on because she okay, can't now, land a dive. Now I get that. <laughs> now I get it. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, continue. No, just like and uh, that, that was a really I'd never heard of Bandito before. This guy is freaking amazing. Yeah, he can do anything. It was amazing. You had these three great luchadors against uh, a greatest tag team in the world. My opinion, other people's opinion. You disagree? You agree? Doesn't matter. And one of the most innovative, most uh, fun wrestlers to watch in Kota Ibushi. That match was surprising. It was. It felt. It was so short, but it didn't feel so short with the amazing things that these guys were doing. Yeah. 
wish it could have been a little longer. But overall, that's all, probably why because the match was so crazy. You yes. probably aren't thinking about time, no. and that might have been at the disadvantage and inexperience of Cody and the Young Bucks of the time purposes of like, all right, also we're running guy, out of time. Also, guys going over their times, which yes. is just a natural thing in wrestling. It's a natural thing, but also when you have three guys that are performers and aren't used to producing a whole show, you could run into a problem like that. And again, if that was their biggest problem all night, I think they did okay. Yeah. So if, if, their, if their biggest problem was uh, calling up Fight TV and saying, we need one or two more minutes, I think it did a pretty damn good job. I also have to say this. Um, not sure if this this friend of ours will be listening, but uh, in when Joey Ryan returned from the dead, <laughs> I texted you about this before. Yes. In his, uh, his uh, druids, I'll say that. Watch it for yourself. One of them looks like our good friend, uh, Nick Rosano, a.k.a. Fozzie. Fozzie, you didn't tell us you were all in, pal. And then he responded with, I thought I did. <laughs> yeah, I thought I told you. <laughs> that that was funny, and that's all I'm going to say about that, because anyway. it, that whole thing was just weird. It was funny as hell, but it was really weird. For anybody who has not seen All In, I don't know why you haven't. Watch tried. it. Maybe you have a life. I'm sure the whole thing is on YouTube by now. <laughs> it is on YouTube. It's on YouTube. Go watch it. If, if you really need a reason to, if you're having... Doubts about professional wrestling, maybe in WWE, watch All In and your faith will be restored. Because I guarantee as soon as Triple H takes over, half those guys are coming over. Yeah. It, it's it's going to be at that point. So let's move on now to the WWE. And again, uh, how can I talk about WWE after we've just been talking about All In? Well, Raw and SmackDown are really confusing the hell out of me. And I really want to start with The Shield, Dolph Ziggler, Drew McIntyre, let's, Braun Strowman let's, type let's thing. Let's start this little by little. Let's start this from the Raw after uh, SummerSlam. So when the Shield came back. Shield came back. That right. was actually, the I believe, was the best Raw in a long time. Oh, I agree. I think the best Raw, the whole brand split, of this recent brand split, best one. You think so? I really think so. So so from 2016 to now, that was the best Raw? In my opinion, yes. I could agree because remember we, I remember when the draft happened and I texted you saying, SmackDown's going to suck. Because they don't have the top superstars, and I, and the writers may change it, but I don't see it. And SmackDown ended up blowing Raw out of the water for a year and a half. I didn't think SmackDown was going to suck. I thought, you know, you got... I thought to myself, well, if they can book AJ Styles... Well, that's what you, if, you would if, assume they were going to do. I thought, like, you know, if they can book AJ Styles right, then they can have a really good show in their hands, and they did. Right. And for a long time, they, they did have a very good show in their hands with the, you know, whole Jinder Mahal thing, but... I don't even want to remember that. No, nah, no one wants but to remember that. It, it was one, like, they had to make people feel like this Raw, like people who didn't go to, like, almost every event in the Barclays Center. I was contemplating whether or not I wanted to go to Monday Night Raw that night. I'm thinking, do I want to go? Hmm. Nah, I don't think so. Right. I kicked myself for not going. Because, Spent enough money in Brooklyn that weekend anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I, I kicked myself for not going. I'm like, oh, man, I should have gone. But because that was great. Roman came out. He was a chorus of booze. But he came out. He gave Finn a Universal Championship match. Like, yes, give the guy a, a freaking Universal Championship right. match. He's deserved it. The guy, they had, a, they had a great match. Braun Strowman coming down to cash in. And he also warned both of them that night saying, I'm coming. Yeah, he, he did warn both of them. And then he was coming to cash in, and then you hear Sierra Hotel, Echo. Place went crazy. And I'm, I can't believe I'm blanking on the shield <laughs> shield thing. But regardless, Rollins and Ambrose came out in their shield gear. They triple powerbomb Strowman. Brooklyn goes nuts. And I'm like, oh, man, you know what? If I said, I said it 
like a year ago. You want to get Roman Reigns over as a babyface? You got to bring the shield. Bring together. the shield back. Right. I'm like, yes. That's I'm, their best shot. All right. I'm I'm open to this. I'm open to this. I think they're gonna do well. Maybe Reigns can actually get cheers as a babyface. These past couple weeks on Raw. What are you doing? Last week they they turned Strowman heel. You don't have to turn Braun Strowman heel. Yep. Because it can be a situation where it can be face on face. Yes. Nobody. They already don't like each other anyway. Yeah. Nobody uh, is gonna boo the Shield. Nobody was gonna boo, boo Braun Strowman. Whether you turn them heel or not. No. Because you know how much time they invested in this guy when they realized, oh, this guy's catching on as a babyface. They the whole get these hand thing, the T-shirts and all this stuff, like the monster baby thing. Like why end it in four months? Why are you ending it so soon? Because his technical face turn was the night he won the tag team battle royal, which was three weeks before WrestleMania. So this has been a four-month face for him. Really? I mean, you could you could arguably say that the guy was a babyface when uh, when he faced Lesnar. You know, going going back a year ago. Arguably, I think he was Arguably. over enough as one, but I think Lesnar was the face in that match. No, I don't think so. You don't think so? No, people hate it. starting to get starting to get really, really tired of Lesnar at that point. I, I think in storyline purposes, what I'm trying to say, I think M they were trying. To, I think they were trying to book Lesnar as the face, Strowman as the heel. But crowd maybe. purposes, yes, I agree. Maybe, yeah, but I don't understand. Like, you do not need. To book Braun Strowman as a heel when he's so naturally over as a babyface, I, yeah, I I'm, agree. Just, I'm just like, and and they're not. It's mind blowing how they're screwing this up. And the Shield, this past Monday, not not this Monday, the prior last week, the Shield were all in matches, but they were all in their own matches. I'm just like, that's what are you doing? That's not the Shield. Like you, if you want really want Roman Reigns to be over as a good guy, you got to put these guys together. Yeah. Because nobody, because whether you like it or not. People loved Roman Reigns in the Shield. I don't care what you say. Oh I, no, I agree with you. I, know, I didn't like him then. Like he no, was even over no. a little bit after they split. A little bit, but then people started to see the weaknesses in him. They started to see the weakness. His injury killed him, and then the fact that they were promoting his return for a month that killed his his thing as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but I agree. When he was with the Shield, and for anyone who doesn't believe what we're saying, they're either they're not paying attention or they're lying to themselves. He was over in the Shield. I will fully admit. That I loved Roman Reigns in the Shield. I still I love him in the everybody Shield. Everybody in the Shield, as a as a unit, as a group, they are amazing together. Ambrose and Rollins are great on, on their own. Reigns has gotten better on his own as far as a wrestler. How they book him is still an issue, because the fact that you're sacrificing such a naturally a uh, natural progression of a, of a babyface in Braun Strowman. Excuse me. Just, just to turn him heel to try and get Roman Reigns over as a babyface, or to have a you know three on three group with against the Shield, that just doesn't make any sense to me. Right. It makes no sense. And just this past Monday on Raw when they they got kayfabe arrested, they came back, and then the whole locker room. The whole took them locker room. Like what the, the the whole locker room. Yeah. Came by out. the way, so really, way, that's Corbin. That's yeah, on the Corbin. way they're booking Corbin to run Raw is already awful, in my opinion. Well, if you're, you ask them, you know, oh, he's a heel. You don't like what he's doing. Like, well, yes, but it's like the whole locker room coming out to attack the shield. That that made zero sense. That's what I'm talking about. And, of and course, they're going to put that on Corbin Kayfabe, which is stupid. It is stupid. Like, you don't need... What, what was the entire locker raw locker room doing there? And here's another thing. You have freaking AOP, who early in the night, Drake Maverick, which that's another thing. Why is yeah. Drake Maverick the manager of AOP? Because here's another. Does that mean they're gonna turn him heel on 205 Live, or, is it, or are they just gonna pretend like it didn't happen? Is he gonna be a heel on Raw and a babyface on 205 Live? I don't really watch 205 Live that much, but yeah. I can tell that 
Drake Maverick is a baby-faced general manager. Right. So, and he's like, now this could this could end up being good for them down the line. You never know. But again, out of nowhere though, like out of nowhere, Drake Maverick shows up, and he's like, I'm and I'm gonna get the the Office of Pain, the AOP, to win the Raw Tag Team titles. What are they doing at the end of the night? They're helping the newly yes. crowned Raw Tag Team champions Ziggler and McIntyre help beat up the Shield. Who aren't dropping those belts anytime soon. No. No, they're not. And and here's another thing. If I'm Braun Strowman, why do I not cash in right now? Yep, you're a heel why, now. I'm. Why don't I cash in right now? I'll get a, I would get a mic and say, and say, Corbin... Get my briefcase. I'm cashing in right now. And there's enough people there to beat up Roman Reigns. Yep. Corbin could have came out and said, here you go, Braun. This is this because is your you, title because shot. You, because like, you know what? The cash-in isn't official until the bell rings at Hell in a Cell. I just, that's the thing. You can still have the match. Just cave it. That, that's just really stupid. I'm just like, you brought my hopes up in thinking that you could actually do something correct with Roman Reigns. You nailed and you it. you brought everything back down. CJ, you nailed it right on the head when we were talking about Braun winning the money in the bank. He didn't need it. You could have put it on somebody else. If you were going to pull this crap anyway, he didn't need the money in the bank briefcase. You could have put this money in the bank briefcase. Could have put on The Miz, he, Kevin Owens. Finn Balor. Finn Balor. Hell, Rusev. Rusev. He's a dark horse. Hell, on how many people were in that match? Eight? You could have put it on any of the other seven. You could have put it on Samoa Joe. You could have put it on Bobby Roode. Yep. I mean, granted, I don't see. I wouldn't have seen Bobby Roode actually cashing in and winning the Universal Championship. But if he was on SmackDown, put it this way: absolutely, you're about to have for the second straight year a male superstar cash in and lose because yeah, there's no way that Braun is winning that match in Hell in a Cell. He's not. There's no way he's not, he's he's winning that match, and that's what really frustrates me. Like, because now the Money in the Bank is a prop now. Well, if unless they do something about it next year, and I mean, with the case of Alexa Bliss, you know, that... oh, the women do fine with it. Carmella, Carmella waited a y almost a year to do it, but she got it done. Alexa Bliss did it the same night. You had two women Money in the Bank cashins in a span of three months. I think they're trying to make it seem like. I guess I'm just speculating. Maybe they just want people to think like, um, you're not guaranteed every time there's a cash in. So don't get your hopes up. So maybe that's their trap. Because here's the thing. For years, you were almost guaranteed every time that there was going to cash in. Until 2012. Successful. When Cena did it. Yeah, until 2012. And then last year with Corbin. And now... A few years for, ago with Sandow. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Sandow. Every, no one remembers that one. Oh, man. But, but yeah. And then, you know, and now with Braun Strowman. I, I just think uh, it's not right. I don't understand. I don't know why, who are they, they drugs did, back there. What are they doing? I don't know. I don't understand why you derail the momentum someone has as a good guy or vice versa Who's with a bad guy. Very over with the crowd, and you flip flop what they're doing and go the opposite direction. I don't understand. I agree with you, CJ, hundred percent. This got to been some of the weirdest booking I've seen in a long time. Yeah, on the flip side, SmackDown is doing better. But there are still some things with SmackDown. I'm just like, what are you doing? Well, you and I talked about it off mic. Why is AJ and Joe not inside Hell in a Cell? I think that is my biggest frustration like, don't right get now. me wrong here. The fact that they announced Randy and Jeff in Hell in a Cell, I'm all for it. I think the they're going to tear the house down. The story makes sense. And Jeff Hardy's never done a Hell in a Cell match. And he's probably going to retire within a couple of years, probably. Maybe sooner than that. We don't know. Yep. So maybe that's a thing of like in the contract when Jeff and Matt resigned. They wanted to do Jeff new things. Wanted to do, like, you know, Jeff's 
like like I want a Hell in a Cell match. It, it, probably the thing right. the thing this contract and the way Randy and Jeff have built this rivalry up, they deserve it absolutely. They deserve it. But the idea you, that Joe and I didn't mean to cut you off, the fact that Joe can go out there week after week and poke fun at AJ's family, and you're gonna tell everybody who you want to believe this is a real thing that they are not gonna be locked in a cage to beat the living crap out of each other in two weeks. And, and that's mind blowing. And to here, me. here's the thing. In real life, Joe and AJ are like best friends. Of course. They've they've known each other for years. They have wrestled each other so many times. But how good this feud is as far as the work AJ and Joe are doing for the storyline purpose, you make it seem like, man, Joe is he's such a jerk. Like he like what are you doing? Like and you know that these guys are have, have had a personal relationship and Joe's going to this really low place and you yeah. want and you want AJ to, to kick his ass. And it's amazing to me. It's like why isn't this a Hell in a Cell match? Very, as of right now, this recording, it is not in a Hell in a Cell match. But the pay-per-view is two weeks away, so chances are it's going to stay this way. Maybe. But at the very least, AJ could go to Paige. Because it would make perfect... Because here's the oh, thing. Oh, make perfect sense. Here's the thing. If you're Samoa Joe, you want the easiest way possible to take that championship off of AJ. You're, you're going to beat him up, but you don't want like a, a big match stipulation like Hell in a Cell... To take it away from him, AJ has to be the one to beg for the Hell in a Cell right. match. From because Paige. I also see something down the line of, and it, it would be stupid for them to do this. If AJ gets disqualified or count out, he loses the championship. I will put the house on it that that's the stipulation because of what happened at SummerSlam and the fact that AJ is still angry, the fact that he's still out of control. You saw it last night on SmackDown. But there, another thing is that they are also having. They confirmed at the Australia show that. Joe and AJ are having another championship match. That'll probably be the last one. Probably, because Miz probably. and Daniel Bryan that same night will fight and the winner will be number one contender. Which also, by the way, doesn't have me excited for this mixed tag match at all. Not that I was excited to begin with, but you know Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella are going over. I was actually re-listening to the last episode and I called this. I called this Brie and Bryan versus Miz and Maurice. You did. You I did didn't call think it. it'd be so soon, but I and called it. And then as soon as they announced that they were going to be fighting for the number one contendership, you we were like, all right, Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella are going to win the second one. Mm -hmm. And then when push comes to shove, Daniel Bryan's first opportunity at the WWE title, he's going to let it slip through his fingers, and this will be the start of the Miz finally regaining the WWE title. And I think at Hell in a Cell, Brie should pin Maurice. Yeah. I think Brie should pin because Maurice be because Miz can say, like, you still haven't beaten me. Daniel nope. Bryan has to pin the Miz at WrestleMania 35 in the metal ends. Make it, make it as dragged out as possible that Bryan pins or submits the Miz. Make, drag it out as long yep. as possible. Don't even let Bryan pin or, or make Miz tap in Hell in a Cell. Have yep. Brie pin Maurice. Oh, you can let Brie and Maurice do the majority of the match. I don't care. No one's going to watch it anyway. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think they're going to make them do the majority of the right. match. because but you, you, got, you understand my point. They need to be the finish. Yes, I think they should be involved in the finish. Uh, yeah, this story is actually... I'm, I'm not minding this story because it's actually pretty good. They're getting Andrade and Zelina involved in this. Right. It's not that I'm not minding it. It's just it's predictable. That's all. It is a little predictable. Sometimes predictable isn't the worst thing in the world. Right. For certain cases. Especially if they're if they're going the way we want it to go and it ends at 35, then that's fine. Yeah. I, I'm willing to wait. Whatever. Because obviously, when you have the number one contender match in Australia, Miz has to win that match. Yeah, for sure. When, and when we'll do those predictions when the time comes in a couple of weeks. But, you know, I again, to your point, I, this will finally start cementing Miz becoming the champion. And you're right. Bree should be the one to pin Maurice. It should not be Daniel Bryan pinning the Miz or making him submit at the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. Because you want to make that one-on-one -on -one match in Australia as big 
and as special as it possibly can be. You even, like you said, you want the Miz going to Daniel Bryan. You didn't beat me in Hell in a Cell. Your wife beat my wife. Even if they want to go that far in saying it, but you didn't beat me. I think they would. And in Australia, I'm going to beat you again. So. Yeah, just you really can't let Brian catch a break with the Miz. Just don't let him catch a break with the exactly. Miz at all. It's like Gargano and Champa, and we'll get to that at some other time as well. Yeah, don't they really have too much time for NXT? I didn't get to watch it this week. Uh, but going into this, I I can't. I will be live. I'll be really mad if Joe and AJ don't end up in Hell in yes. a Cell. And I listened to Sam Roberts' podcast. Uh, when he had Samoa Joe for a live Sirius XM special with he had Alexa Bliss. It was Bliss. SummerSlam week, right? Yeah, with Alexa Bliss on one on one part and then Samoa Joe on another part and they did a Q&A. Someone asked Joe, what do you think it will take for WWE to have the WWE Championship finally main event of dual-branded pay-per-view? And Joe just, no hesitation, goes, when I'm the champion. Yeah. I, I just... Um, because honestly, like, I, if Reigns is going to be main eventing with the Universal Championship from now until forever, I'm just like, oh my god! Like, how are you? How are you keeping the WWE Championship, arguably uh, the the most prestigious title away in, in all of professional wrestling, to the side when you have arguably the greatest wrestler in the world, AJ Styles, holding that championship, and you have signed a multi-billion-dollar de- deal to Fox. Yep, and it's going to be on national television, not cable television, national television, and everybody's going to be watching it. And the superstar shakeup is going to affect that as well. Yes, and you have to treat that show like a big deal from now until that happens. Uh, and I believe it's in September or October. October of, of 2019. Of, of, yes, of next so year. So one year from now. Yeah, one year, at least one year from now, you have to treat that like it's a big deal. You you need to treat SmackDown Live now like they did in 2016 after the draft. That's, yeah. what, that's what SmackDown Live needs to look like going Here's forward. Here's what they need to do in, in general with the two championships. You need to treat the championships as equals. Yep. Because that's what they did in the brand split between 2005 to about 2010, 11-ish. About? About 2010, because I, I can remember the last time the world title main evented at least, before the unification. At least when the World Heavyweight Championship meant something. Was the TLC match with Kane, Edge, Del Rio, and Mysterio. That main evented that pay-per-view. That was the last time the world title main evented a pay-per-view before the unification three years later. Yeah, because here's the thing. I was mentioning to a friend of mine last night. WrestleMania 21, the World Heavyweight Championship main evented with Batista and Triple H. year prior to that, Batista, I'm sorry, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, uh, Chris, Chris, Chris Benoit. We, we could say Chris Benoit. <laughs> I, I was just blanking. <laughs> I know we can say Chris Benoit. We can say pretty, any wrestler we want on here. Uh, t- 22, Cena and Triple H. 23, Cena and Michaels, both for the WWE Championship. The next year, Edge and Undertaker for the World Heavyweight Championship. The year after that, the WWE title. Yeah, and I'm just like, you know, at a certain point, you stop making both of those championships equal but for a long time you did you need to do that again you need, i don't mind yep. roman reigns 
main eventing with the Universal Championship once in a while, but you have to make AJ Styles main event with that with the yep. WWE Championship. That is not a mid-card title. That's the most prestigious title in all of professional wrestling. And you can argue you want the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship as the most prestigious title in all of wrestling, but you can argue that that title is treated way better than the WWE Championship. You can make an argument here, and, and let's fast forward a little bit to Australia. The Universal title is not going to be on the line, and, and I'm thinking down the line the main event will probably be Triple H and The Undertaker. That's what I'm thinking down the line. It's either going to be that or, or it's going to be The Shield versus Strowman, exactly. Ziggler, and If it's uh, The Shield and and um, McIntyre, Ziggler, and Strowman, that's the worst thing because you have the WWE Championship on the line in that show. That If, if it's not Undertaker and Triple H, it needs to be Joe and AJ, especially because that will probably be the last match. But it won't. That's the thing. And, it, and, and it I agree with you. It won't happen. I agree with you that it should be the... You know, it's the WWE Championship, and it should be. And if Triple H and Undertaker is the main event, okay, I get that. It's Fair enough. It's they've a been, it's they've a been promoting it since June. It's a, it's a nostalgia match. I understand that. But the thing is, you cannot have Roman Reigns main event every single pay-per-view from now until he drops the title. You cannot do that. And the set, and and if they decide to do the, have the WWE Champion main event a pay-per-view after Roman Reigns drops the title... That's ridiculous. You, I agree. You're putting Roman Reigns on a pedestal. You cannot build the company around one single See, guy. I don't even think they're going to do that because you remember Extreme Rules. Roman Reigns went on mid-card and Styles still wasn't the main event. Now, they got it right with Ziggler and, and Seth in the Iron Man match, but that was their opportunity to put Styles in the main event for the first time but as with, the champion. what the crowd was doing, granted it might have been a little funny, that could make people think like, hmm, maybe we shouldn't do that. Maybe we just keep going Reigns because they were doing the 10, 9, 8, 7, right. 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, with the Royal Rumble thing. I'm just right. like, what are you guys doing? I think you're going to do you, that you, for you, a half you, hour? You're, they're, they're giving you what you actually want. You're actually seeing a guy, other, guys other right. than Roman Reigns and his opponent main event the show. You're, Ziggler and Rollins, who's been busting their asses and then put on great matches on Raw, and you're, and you're doing this? Yeah. Why are you doing this? Like, don't get me wrong. I didn't have a problem with Seth and, and Dolph main eventing that pay-per-view. No, but I did say, not. I did say in the back of my mind, I'm going, man, this was the time to put AJ in the main event, and they failed again. Now, they ended up getting it right because Seth and, and Dolph had a phenomenal Iron Man match, but that was their opportunity. But at the time, the feud between Rusev didn't feel like it was all that important. Right, and if it, maybe if it was a little bit more important, we could have had a conversation. But, but this my... feud with AJ and Joe feels important. This is... It's the most personal rivalry AJ has had, I would say, in his entire WWE career. Next to Cena's rivalry, sure. Yeah, next to Cena's rivalry. As far as... Well, as far as big marquee and matches... And Cena never went after C his wife, Cena's, of course. Cena's the, the biggest match he's had in his, in his career. Right. As far as personal, with a championship... Joe, this it's it's Joe. It's it's Samoa Joe. The, I agree. The feud itself will be great. It will be great. But the fact that it's not getting the recognition that it truly deserves, it just it just bugs me. And it just right. I have said a million a million times that with WWE, they should not rely and put all their focus into one person like Roman Reigns because for years the company has strived by focusing on each individual people like oh it, it's just their time now like if you're gonna put focus on austin with the title okay austin drops the title now it's rock's time now it's taker's time now it's triple h's time and you move over through the years it's cena's time it's uh it's edge's time it's orton's time 
it's Shawn Michaels, like, like, you know, and it's going to be the same thing now. Okay, it's Roman's time now on Raw. Next it's going to be Seth, and then Braun, then maybe Dean uh, on SmackDown. It's AJ's time. Next, Joe, then Brian, Miz, whatever you want to do. But you can't just focus on one guy. That's why there's been so many resent. There's been resentment yeah, towards Roman Roman's Reigns hated. for years. Of course. Of course. It also makes not only the WWE Championship, it makes SmackDown look like it's nothing. Yeah, it makes SmackDown feel like it's not an important show. When you should treat it like it's an important show. It's better than than Raw Absolutely. in any aspect. And here's another thing I just thought about, which we did not touch on, the whole Charlotte and Becky Lynch thing. Yes, and, and we're going to touch on all of it too. So let's go to Charlotte, Becky Lynch. I want to get to Taker and uh, Shaw. Maybe we end with that as well. Yeah. Uh, but I do want to get to Charlotte and Becky. They've been going at it on social media better than I've seen in a long time with a few superstars going back and forth. They were calling out each other saying, let's fight in the cell. Why not? Let's do it. I'm going to kick your ass. I'm going to take your championship. This and that what do they do they don't get it now we were talking off air as well about there shouldn't be too many hell in a cell matches and i agree with that but the idea that the people that deserve it are not getting it like obviously in my opinion and i told you about this um when we were at takeover that there was uh, a promotion um of where hell in a cell is going to be located i forgot where it is but whatever that arena is they promoted hell in a cell dolph ziggler and mcintyre versus ambrose and rollins so i believe they're going to get one too I don't so that think would they are. so well let's say they do that's three right you really don't want to go over three the only reason i could say four is so two for smackdown and two for raw that's still too much this pay-per-view like tlc should just be forgotten about Gimmick anyway pay-per-views should not be a thing anymore unless they are money in the bank because yes. money in the bank is the one gimmick pay-per-view over the past number of the years that actually makes sense it's for been it. successful yes it's the only thing that makes sense for it to actually be its own pay-per-view like the royal rumble it's the only one that makes any sense you could make an argument for elimination chamber like that can be the thing opposite of like let's say and you keep the brand split going on opposite of like you know let's say brian wins the uh the the royal rumble this year uh and fate challenges miz the elimination chamber is for the raw guys and you know you could have i, I think they're just gonna keep doing that you know raw guys they face the universal championship and then the champion WWE Championship defends in the, in the Elimination Chamber. But right now, the only gimmick pay-per-view that makes sense is Money in the Bank. Hell in a Cell, get rid of the, of the, of yep. the pay-per-view. Bring the Hell in a Cell match when it absolutely, when it absolutely matters. means something. When it matters, when sure. It, because you can argue that two of the best rivalries right now going on in WWE on the main roster... AJ Styles and Samoa Joe and Becky Lynch and Charlotte. Yep. Those matches really should have Hell in a Cell stipulations. Yep. And and for those who are like, oh, well, we don't know if we should give it to the women. Well, you did it two years ago. You did it with Charlotte and, it did and very Sasha. Well. And yes, there were a few botches in the match. Of course yeah. there were. And listen, it was the first women's Hell in a Cell match. Everyone knew it wasn't going to be gonna, perfect. There's going to be errors. Yes. And, pl and plus, you know, the, Charlotte kept trying to put Sasha through a table. And that was our own fault, yeah. She was, you know, she's just... If you, not if, that heavy enough to go through it. If it doesn't work the first time, do something else. Don't try it for three more times and then do something else. Point is, you knew it was going to be a little sloppy. It was actually a good match. Would I have put it in the main events after... If I had known Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins was going to be that good last that year, probably not. I probably would have put them in the main event because their Hell in a Cell match was actually very good. It was the best Hell in a Cell match of the entire night. Yes, absolutely. And Reigns and Rusev obviously opening the show. I thought it was a great way to open that show. Uh, but if I had known Kevin and Seth 
were going to be that good. Yeah, they probably would have went in the main event over Charlotte and Sasha. But Charlotte and Becky have one of those feuds right now that deserves to be locked inside the cell. I think they are tweaking the story a little bit. I don't think they're making Becky full heel now. I think that they are tweaking her character in the sense that she's legitimately mad that her friend did this to her. And she has every, she she's right in every way of hers. Charlotte isn't right, right in every way as well. It's a Charlotte had an opportunity to win the championship and she took it. And she even said, I believe she said in her in the interview promo, she said, "You would have done the exact same thing. I know you." And, and uh, Becky, I, I like this new change in her character. If they're keeping her face, I remember when she initially turned heel and they tried to have that promo in Brooklyn. With her trying to turn the fans, the fans were not fans gonna, weren't buying. They it. were not going to boo her. They were I, not buying. I it. said in the th uh, last episode that this was not the right place to turn Becky Lynch heel. I agree. It was not the right place. Despite I knew that it was going to happen, I agreed with you. I was like, it's not the best place to do this because, again, like you said, they tried to turn her heel. She tried to get over as a heel with the crowd and it didn't work one thing I will it didn't work one thing i will never understand is why you turn someone the opposite of what direction that they are getting over Braun and becky Braun and becky they are getting over as baby faces and you and, turn and them both here's another heel, thing essentially did you see um becky's tweet of the gif of charlotte going for this and her whole explanation of quote-unquote for this I believe so, but reiterate it. For okay, me. so basically there was a gif. Remember when they fought in in Brooklyn and Charlotte picked up the championship, went for this, for mm -hmm. this, all of this, for this, and then dropped the championship yeah. on the floor and ran her. Becky basically said, "I left home for this at 17." Yes, I did. That I did. whole tweet. How is that a heel tweet? Yeah. How is how do you not? That's from the heart, and fans respect that. Yeah. That is, and then another thing, another tweet I loved is when Charlotte turned heel on Becky a number of years ago. Said, you know, it, she she attacked her from behind. Saying, I did it to her face. I did it to your face. I'm like, how do you boo somebody? How do you boo someone you like that? You can't boo somebody Listen, like that. You, you can't. You want to try to get over as a bad guy. In retrospect, they see what they're trying to do, but that's just going to make her look more over. That's the thing. I understand they have plans. It doesn't make. It does not make and sense. And this is nothing against Charlotte at all. No. I think Charlotte's amazing. I think she seven-time champ and deserves it. I think she is the greatest female wrestler of all time. That's how good Charlotte is. But the fact is, there is a time and like, I can I can think that Charlotte's the greatest women's champion of all time. Do I want to see her in the spotlight all the time? No, no because she's getting the Roman Reigns treatment. Because there are there are other women who deserve to be in that spot. Becky Lynch for one, you know, Oscar, like. And uh, what they've done with Oscar is pathetic. I know. I, I don't get me started on Oscar. Like you completely just. I get the loss at Mania, but then having her lose to to like, Carmella twice, and, the, and, and how they, it happened, and the iconics, how they lost there. But that's another time. The whole thing is. I think they're starting to get this story right. I hope so. Knock on wood. Yeah. Sorry for like audio interference or whatever. But <laughs> that's just the first thing of wood I saw. But I think they're finally they're tweaking the story in the sense that both that these are just two friends who just disagree on their points of views and they are just settling their differences. One is right in her own way, the other is right in her own way. And I remember when they turn heel, and, and people automatically like go to Road Dog because if you don't know, Road Dog is apparently one of the head writers or the head writer on SmackDown. And every time a fan calls him out on stuff, he always twists things around and goes like, "This is not this. This isn't what you know. What should be going on?" It's right. Like, oh, this is just the story that you. 
we're telling a, we're telling the same story just in a different way. I'm like, no, you're not telling the same story in a different way. You're just being called out. You're just being called out, and you're not owning up to it. Right. Like, if you're going to turn Becky heel, you turn her heel. I'm fine with that. But now it's like, at the same time, it's like, you got it wrong. Admit you're wrong, and then see what you can do from there. See if you can get Becky over as a heel, the or do they, what you're doing the now. The thing they did do in the previous SmackDown. Just doesn't make from, sense at all. From this past, from this uh, this past Tuesday, the week prior, when they replayed Becky's promo after SummerSlam in Brooklyn, the SmackDown in Brooklyn, they did. They did not put in when she was trying to get the fans to turn against her. They didn't put that in the YouTube segment either. No, they did not put that in there. It was on Hulu. Yeah, because I rewatched uh, it. On well, Hulu. I watched the whole promo to, to understand what we were dealing with, so yeah. I found it. Yeah, but they did not put that in there. Yep. So. I, as far as this feud goes, let's see what happens. Who knows? But they're you're doing, right. They're doing better. This is just, again, two friends who are disagreeing on a point. Neither one is face. Neither one is really heel. But you're right. They do deserve the sell. And, and maybe if they do go along those lines, if Charlotte is going to turn heel by the end of the year to face Ronda, maybe this is how they do it. Both of them aren't necessarily face. Both of them aren't necessarily heel. Maybe this is how you build up to it. I, I don't think at that point I don't think either one of them is really going to be a face or a heel when they build up to eventually a Ronda Charlotte match. I, uh, you know, uh, but here's here's an interesting thing: if they do the whole SmackDown and Raw concept again at uh, at Survivor Series, yeah, the match might happen at Survivor Series. It could happen at Survivor Series. There's rumors with the Four Horsewomen, but at that point, I th I think if I'm if I'm booking that, I don't want Ronda or Charlotte to touch in a one-on-one -on -one singles match until Mania. Well, the four, the four horsewomen match would only make sense if they made sure everyone knew it was an interpromotional Survivor Series match. It wouldn't be Raw versus SmackDown. It would be something that the fans have been waiting to see for years. It'd be the four horsewomen WWE versus the MMA. The thing is, I don't think Marina Shafir or uh, Shafir or uh, They're not ready J yet. Jessamyn Duke are ready. Shayna Baszler is completely Oh, ready. Shayna Baszler's fine. Shayna Baszler is the, as far as right now with experience, is the best Put it this all, way. If Shayna Baszler, and I assume that she's going to get the rematch at Evolution, if she doesn't win it, then call her up. Because yeah. she's ready to go. Yeah, at that point, just call Baszler up. Uh, let the let the winner of the Mae Young Classic face uh, Kyrie Sane for the Women's Championship. Call up Shayna Baszler because she's absolutely fantastic. Yep. Have Baszler... Uh, have Kyrie Sane go over at Evolution against Baszler. Call her up. Winner of the May Young Classic. Have her go against Kyrie Sane at War Games. Or they. Or one thing I saw on an NXT house show is that they were having uh, Shafir and Duke team with Baszler, and I think they had them beat Kyrie Sane, uh, Dakota Kai, and uh, uh, Io Shirai in a uh, six six women tag match. Right. So they could form plant the seeds and form the faction in NXT, have uh, Duke and Shafir uh, team with Baszler and then call them up together and have them team with Ronda. Here's my thing here, too. Maybe they don't do Raw versus SmackDown in Survivor Series because there are rumors of the NXT invasion. Maybe it's Raw and SmackDown versus NXT at Survivor Series. I don't think they do it this soon. I don't think they do it this soon either, but hear me out. I think that's the way that you get all three of them up together without them not necessarily being ready or not. So, And you have Ronda almost side with them because it's the four-horse women MMA. I know it doesn't really make a lot of sense right now, but it's kind of starting to click in my head. Maybe not. I'm, maybe I'm just rambling. But the point is... Next year, maybe. Next year, maybe. But if they are going to do something with an NXT invasion, maybe that's how you get this done. 
Oh uh, no, it would. I mean, certainly, I would hope it'd be better than the the original invasion because that was just dumb. The only the only thing, and I talked to somebody last night about it, is how do you finish it? Because you're not going to disband NXT. No, and that's the so. Thing. So how do and you finish the, the invasion? You can't. And you can't just have NXT be like. Um, you can't just combine Raw and SmackDown into one show and then have NXT on main roster television now. Yes. That's, that's not the thing at all. Right. Which, which is why a whole NXT versus WWE main roster invasion storyline worries me a little bit because you know in the end... WWE is going to win. WWE is going to win. It's probably going to be Roman Reigns in the end as Universal Champion. He's probably going to be Champa or Gargano or Black or whoever the champion is at that point, and and just show and just show like yeah, main roster is better than NXT. But we yep. all know that. NXT but that's is not true. Than, we don't know and and rightfully so, the WWE roster would go over in the end. But what's the finish? What happens to NXT when they lose? That's they why can't this, disband, and that's what does concern me. I agree with that. Concerns me about this thing. I'm sure the matches that we could potentially get will be amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Amazing. Put it this way: You put me down for Roman Reigns, Tommaso Ciampa, any day of the week. I'm ready to watch that. Or AJ Tommaso Ciampa. Give me Dean Ambrose, Tommaso Ciampa. Give me Dean Ambrose, Tommaso Ciampa. Give me Nakamura versus Black. Give me, uh, give me Seth Rollins versus Adam Cole. Give yeah. me Daniel Bryan versus Pete Dunne. I don't know if this one could happen, depending on his contract. But Johnny Gargano versus Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Why not? Just Give me those matches. I agree. But it's, again, what worries me is how do we finish it? Because obviously and rightfully so, WWE wins in the end. But how do we finish it? What happens to NXT at the end? You cannot disband it. People will riot. And again, I wouldn't riot necessarily if NXT lost the invasion. They obviously will if this happens. But what is the finish? We don't know. But here's That's the, the thing. thing. Here's the thing. This A year from now, this probably won't even happen. Yeah. Because there have been plenty of speculated storylines that... People were going big for and just be like, oh, that what whatever happened with that? Like la like two like last WrestleMania 33, there was the rumors about the Triple H faction. Never happened. Never you happened. saw Samoa Joe and Kevin Owens kind of like aligning with themselves, and it'd then, be the, it'd like Evolution and too. Then, and then Kevin and then Kevin you may Kevolution maybe, maybe mess, mess up my words. Kevin Owens went over to SmackDown yep. th that year. No, you're absolutely right. Um, but yeah, I think that's definitely something I'd like to see at some point. But again, I'd have to be convinced on how it's run. Obviously, it'd be Triple H versus Vince, which I would love to see one more time. Um, and how do we finish it? Because you're not going to spend the brand, arguably the best brand in the company, uh, developmental brand. And I quote that developmental brand no because that's not true. It no, it's no not. Way. It's not true. Triple H knows how to make it better every single time, but. Again, how we finish it, that's what they need to figure out. I want to close with this, CJ. What do you got? We got Shawn Michaels coming out on Raw two nights ago, promoting the Undertaker-Triple H match at Super Showdown in Melbourne. What we did not expect was the Undertaker to show up. So Undertaker... Apparently, I think that might have been a thing roaming around Twitter, but I, I didn't... I didn't see it coming. I didn't see it. I didn't look at Twitter that day. I had a long drive back from down the shore that, that day. So when right. I got home, I'm just like, I'm just going to relax and watch Raw. Oh, Shawn Michaels is on tonight? Cool. He's probably just going to uh, hype up the match between Taker and... And then Taker and, shows and, up. And Taker shows up. And not only did he say, I'm going to put your buddy down... But if you were to ever to come out of retirement, I'll put you down again. Because basically what happened was Undertaker went out 
and said to Shawn Michaels, you know, you stayed retired, this and that, or whatever, because it was a retirement talk. And then Shawn Michaels came back and said, I stayed retired out of respect for the business, the system, and especially for you, because Undertaker was the one that won that match. And the stipulation was, if I win, you're finished. So he said, I stayed retired for you. And then Triple H said, was it, or um, Undertaker said, was it out of respect or fear? And he said, because if you were to ever come back, who is your first guy you want to come after? It's me. So my question to you is, are we going to see Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker one more time? Because my whole thing is, if Shawn Michaels gets involved in Australia, that's the guarantee. If that happens, if Shawn Michaels gets involved in the match itself... Because he said he's going to be there. Then, yes, we will see Taker and Michaels at Mania. But I honestly think they might have done a little flip-reverse in trying to promote the... Super uh, Super Showdown match between Triple H and Undertaker, and just kind of make people think about that. Right, and that could be just a little tease that we get nothing. Yeah, it could be. And it's not the first time this has happened. No, you're right, but it's one of those things where it's like even and Michaels will obviously never be a, t- a type of heel. He's a Hall of Famer. He's one of the best wrestlers ever in the WWE. But he was kind of talking. I think, I think best wrestler of all time, period. I- exactly. And there's a lot of debate on that, but I-, I agree with you. But there was the way he was talking on Monday, even before The Undertaker came out, it was a heel Shawn Michaels saying he's going to put you down. And the way a he heel was- Shawn Michaels? In-, in retrospect, maybe like a tweener, because Triple H is a heel on TV. So he's backing his best friend saying he's going to put down The Undertaker, like guaranteeing it. Honestly, right. none of these guys are heels anymore. No, not really. I mean, storylines or whatever, but at the end of the day, you know, remember they tried to turn Undertaker heel in 2015? It was a disaster, and they just completely ran with it. That I will never understand. How can you make Taker a heel? Against Lesnar, of all people. Uh, but the point is, I do think there... Uh, my personal opinion is there are rumors that it's going to be WrestleMania 28 all over again without Hell in a Cell. Shawn Michaels is going to be the guest referee. If he gets involved in the finish and Triple H goes over because of Shawn Michaels, that's it. The match is going to happen. Well, hey, I'm not going to be opposed to it if oh, they, no, they want to do Michaels and Taker a Mania next year. Especially because we're going to be there. I was, I was <laughs> saying to you off mic that... Imagine if Michaels comes out of retirement for one more match and Michaels wants the same stipulation. He's like, after this, I'll be gone regardless. But if I beat but you, if you're I beat done. You, you're done. Yes. How how amazing would that be? Undertaker was the guy to retire Shawn Michaels, and Shawn Michaels was the guy to retire the Undertaker. Yep. And it would have been nine years to the day, basically. That's amazing. That that actually happened. You you think about that. That match was almost ninety years ago. And, and you're right. Shawn Michaels will say, "This is my one and done. I'm finished after this." But if I beat you, so are you. Deal. It like, and put it this way: whether that's main event or not, and I wouldn't be opposed if it was. Because put it this way: if you I wouldn't would, either. If you and I are there to see Shawn Michaels and the Undertaker live for the first time. Well, I've seen Taker. A bunch I've of never times. seen Taker, but I this would be the first time I'd see both of only, them. I only ever saw him in a match live once, but I've seen him at like a bunch of uh, shows, like Raws. Because right, you've been to plenty of Raws, so obviously yes. Yeah, plenty of shows. Anyway, right. But but the thing is, were you at the yeah. Raw before thirty two at the Barclays Center? No, I was not. Okay, because th- that was one that I almost went to, but I had class that night, so whatever. No, but, it wasn't but, much of a Raw anyway. Exactly, it was just Shane putting Undertaker through the table and a bunch of stupid promos. Yeah. And Triple H and Roman Reigns being separated by the locker room. And you see the impractical Joker guys like Sal, Sal, yes. Panel, just like 
my god got his hands up against his his yes mouth, basically like with shane elbowed uh, throwing the elbow on taker on the table and that was when you knew shane was going to lose the match yeah that's when you knew <laughs> because when nine times out of ten when the opponent gets the upper hand of the uh of the undertaker of the, of the other guy he loses regardless he loses <laughs> exactly even though he had me convinced at one point as soon as he went to the table though i'm like if he hits this undertaker dies so he's moving out of the way <laughs> yeah but uh that was the best it, drinking it, game this, ever this, this would be uh, a great way to promote a big marquee match for, for, Mania. for Mania, I truly believe at this point, Undertaker cannot wrestle again after this WrestleMania. He can't. He just can't. And I understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to keep this relevant. They're trying to make Mania watchable. You have enough trying, talent to do it. They are trying to get the most of the casual fans with WrestleMania every year and drag out Undertaker as long as you can. Yep. But the longer you do that, the more you hurt the legacy of this guy. I absolutely agree. I thought he should have been done after 33. 34 made made a little bit of sense. Undertaker, John Cena, I thought it was three years too late. But after you, But after you saw 33, you were just like... That's it. That's it. It's, Especially it's because number you're, one, you're a little upset that, because you know this is this guy was a big part of our childhoods wrestling up for a lot of people. Yep. But at this point, you're just like you know, I get it. The guy he deserves to walk out in the sunset. He's in his fifties now. He and really then, can't do much. And then the next year, he essentially squashes John yes. Cena. After that, you're just like. What are you doing? This doesn't seem like you're done. And especially because the main event of WrestleMania 33 was that match. He busted his ass to give us 20 minutes against Roman Reigns, which is not easy to do at his age. Especially against a young guy like Roman Reigns. So I applauded him for that. So then he comes back, squashes John Cena, and I figured, all right, this either leads into 35 or it's just he can't go any further. But then he goes 15 to 20 minutes with Rusev in a casket match three weeks later. So it's like, what is going on? Well, the whole scene is getting squashed thing could just it could have just been a time constriction. Well, a lot of that of, they said had to do with um, the chances of under well not promoting the match was the chance of Undertaker not being able to be there anyway, and that was for his safety. They got a little risky in Saudi Arabia with Rusev letting him go long, um, and by long yeah. I mean 15 minutes. But it, it was it was a good match, and I was like, all right, wow, I'm surprised they let him go that long. Well, this thing in Australia, how long do you think Taker and Triple H will go? 20 minutes. I think they do go long. 20? I'd say about 20. I'd say... Even for the main event, too? Yeah, I th- if you're promoting this since June, I think that has to be the main event. And, and it makes sense. Last time ever, all that stuff. And it, I think Triple H would be the one to go over. And obviously, I'm spoiling a prediction. I think Michaels will get involved somehow. But I do think they will give them time. I don't think there's going to be a squash. I think this is 20, 25 minutes, main event, good match. Um, ends maybe with a super kick with Shawn Michaels, Triple H makes the cover, all that. But yes, I do think they let him go at, at um, in Australia. I don't think it's a squash. This stipulation, if Michaels, if they do do this match, and if Michaels says, if I beat you, I'm, you're done. That match it, might go 30. That makes people want to see the pay-per-view and buy a ticket even more yep. rather than when he faced Shane at Hell in a Cell at 32. Because it's just like, really? Where, cause Shane where Vince Mc, said, if Shane you lose, Mc, you're done. Shane McMahon to be the one to end The Undertaker's career? Well, that had a lot to do with the fact that half the roster was injured. Yeah, that was a really bad And time. Sting have, having to retire because he was supposed to do it. Um, but At that point, they could have gave us a great Here's my thing. Crap one. And here's my thing if I'm the WWE. October 6th is the show in Australia. Mm-hmm. You can make... The potential WrestleMania 35 main event, October 8th on Monday Night Raw. When do WrestleMania tickets go on sale? Probably about a month later. November. November around then, maybe end of October. You make that match October 8th, 
on Monday Night Raw, you and me, WrestleMania. If I lose, it's like I'm gone regardless, but if I beat you, you're gone too. Guaranteed sellout in the Meadowlands. Period. Absolutely. And that's what I would do if I'm booking it. Yeah, they should for sure do that. I absolutely agree. Um, this is so, a long one. Yeah. Just looking at the clock. Yeah, so um, so before we do end, how long do you think Triple H and Undertaker get in that match? Around the same? Yeah, around the same, 15, 20. Yeah. And, I, and honestly, if they do go up Mania, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, they're giving them 30. They'll do, they'll kill Undertaker. If this is it, he'll go all out no matter what. If this is going to be the end, he will give his heart to the ring. They should do this. I don't think Michael should be the special guest referee. I think Michael should just get get involved. Oh, I like that better. That would be even better. It, it, I think he'll be at ringside, probably in Triple H's corner. And but yeah, if no, he, don't even do that. Just don't even let him come out to the ring with with Triple oh, H. Just get involved. Just get involved. Just get have him hide or something. Just get involved. I'd be okay with that, but yeah, I definitely think if they do go at it at Mania, they'll just they'll take the gloves off and say however long you want. We'll pay for whatever. You guys decide how long you want to do this. If they you want it, they have the network. Now, I was so going to say essentially going as exactly. Long as they want. It's like they'll tell Undertaker, "You want to go forty minutes and die in the ring? Be my guest. If this is it, you have the right to do that." <clears throat> so that's what I think. But I do think I think Undertaker Triple H will get about twenty. If they do the match at Mania, Michaels Undertaker will probably push about thirty. So yeah. that'll do it for this edition of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. That was a long one, about a minute 15, so, or yeah. a minute 15, hour 15. Minute 15, me. wow. <laughs> Longest minute 15 of our lives. <laughs> so uh, we'll be back uh, next week We'll as, you know, Hell in a Cell comes. I believe next week is the last one before Hell in a Cell. So probably, we'll probably yeah. do our predictions next week for Hell in a Cell. Should be a rather easy one. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll start... Uh, discussing more of the Australia card as more matches start to come out, more about the Evolution card that's coming out. Yep. So we'll talk more about that next week. Hopefully a little more about NXT because we can get time for that this Absolutely. week. Absolutely. Velveteen Dream and Johnny Gargano tonight, which is very strange. I don't understand it. Well, there was a promo last week. I, I saw the promo, but you and I said he's got to be written off TV. So the more that they don't do that, the more I'm just like, what are you doing here? I don't know. They could, they could just have him lose and then maybe lose to Velveteen and then just be like, I'm done. That's it. If I can't beat him, then I'm done. That's fair. So we'll be back next week with all Not of that. Not to discredit the Velveteen Dream because he's great. And his tights prove it too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so for Sean McChesney. CJ Palmasano. We'll see you next time.